I can remember being awakened in the middle of the night, two, three o'clock in the morning, with my, uh, broken, broken glass, broken plates coming off the wall. And when you're a little boy, that's scary. It's scary to be awakened like that. It it caused me uh, physical problems. You know, I got to where I was nervous a lot and jittery, and because I did, everything was unstable. Didn't know if one day was going to be peaceful or if it was going to be a day of of cursing and fighting and, and things being broken. Stay good day. Welcome, my friends, to the storyteller where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. Today we'll hear from a man whose home was damaged by an alcoholic parent, and his heart was too. My name is Jimmy Murphy. I'm a Choctaw Indian. I was born in 1967, a little town of uh, called uh, Tallahanna, Oklahoma, southeastern part of the state. I was raised uh, half of my life here in Oklahoma, a little small town called Atoka. Half of my life in Dallas, Texas, kind of went back and forth, so I can call either place home. And for the most part, I was raised in church. I uh, went to the typical, for an Oklahoma church, a little small church uh, out in the country, but wasn't really taught. Uh, I was, we were told things and read things to us, but weren't really taught things. But I would spend my time as a little boy. I'd, I'd lived with my grandmother and my great aunt uh, in Atoka in Oklahoma. But I would go back for the summers and stay with my parents in Dallas. They they had moved to Dallas uh, for jobs. and So I'd go during the summertime and stay with them there. So basically I was, I was raised in church. I can remember back my grandmother, well, we were poor. She didn't own a car. She couldn't drive. And so they would come to get, the preacher would come to get us from this little church there in, in Atoka. But one day I can remember uh, a couple of white gentlemen coming up uh, the driveway. We didn't know who they were. So like most of the Linden kids back then, we'd run and hide, run behind the house and hide and kind of peek around the corner and see who it was. My grandmother had a long driveway, so it was, it'd give us time to hide and, cause you know, living in a small town, you know, just about everybody, you know, you know, when you know somebody and when it's somebody that's not, you're, you're not familiar with. But anyway, they came up the road and, and they, they were, come to find out they were out, uh, inviting people to the church and, which was a little odd, uh, back then, uh, white people and Indian people where I was at didn't, not that we didn't get along, but we, they didn't do things like that. It was a little unusual. But they sat down with us and, and, Told my grandmother and great aunt all about the church and invited us to church. And so my grandmother, uh, told him, well, that, that would be fine for us to go, all of us to go, but that we would just need a ride. So they, they offered to come pick us up. And so we started going, attending that church. And it was a, this little church called Hillcrest Baptist Church. It wasn't a predominantly, uh, a Native American or Indian church like we were used to. But there we did get the teaching. Uh, we did get, People that didn't just read things to us and tell us things, but they actually explained it to us and showed it to us. And so that's where I got a lot of my teaching early on. Uh, I can remember it was November 11th, 1979. Uh, I was a typical little, little Indian boy. Uh, me and my cousins we'd, and friends, we'd play in the back pew, not really pay attention, uh, write notes, uh, 
you know, rib each other and just, just kind of, you know, acting up basically being ornery. But I can remember one Sunday, our, the pastor there was preaching on heaven and hell. And he was preaching, uh, I can remember how he made it, made it so plain and simple for a little 12 year old boy like me to understand. And he used scripture to back it up, uh, how, how real hell was, how real heaven was. He, he gave descriptions of it and, and he did this for about three Sundays, I can remember. And on the first Sunday, he had my attention. But I, during the time of invitation where they allow you to come down and if you have a decision to make, I wanted to come down. I wanted to go down and, 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 and because I remember him saying at one point in his sermon, uh, if you never accepted Jesus as your Savior, uh, you never confessed him as your Lord, and you died in that state or died like that, uh, you'd go to hell. And I can remember I didn't want to go to hell. But I didn't, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't, I stayed in that back pew, I held on to it, and I remember I was a little scared and afraid, you know, not, you know, not having anyone really explain it to me like that before, not knowing what to expect, and, and you know, and of course I was worried about what my friends and cousins would think, so I, I just didn't go. The second Sunday passed, same thing. But then that third Sunday, I guess he was preaching a series, cause it was all, it was basically the same thing. But this time, uh, I didn't realize it, but I was under conviction. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me at, at 12 years of age. But this time on the third Sunday, uh, all I can remember is I, I remember I, I didn't didn't wasn't playing around, wasn't you know ribbing each other, writing notes with the rest of them. I was listening, and I remember at invitation uh, again uh, starting to struggle with the decision of of giving my life to Jesus. You know, I wanted to do that. I, like I said, I didn't know all about it. But I knew that I didn't want to go to hell. That was the main thing that stuck in my mind. And so I remember, uh, finally, during the invitation, I, I stepped out, and that's that's all I remember. I don't remember the walk down. The next thing I remember is taking him by the hand. I'd already made it down there uh, to where he was standing, and taking the preacher by the hand. And I remember him asking me, son, why do you come? And I said, I want to be saved. I want to, I, I, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. And I remember he took me and he, he, he said, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I want you to pray with me. Repeat repeat after me. And, and so we did. And after we prayed, he said, son, that, that didn't save you. That prayer didn't save you. It was your faith and you accepting God's word. Uh, he said that, that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He gave his life. And in three days after they buried him, he arose again. And he asked me, do you believe all that? And I said, yes, I do. And he took me to Romans 10, 9 and 10, where it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And and he said, do you believe that? And I said, yes, I do. He said, that's what saved you, is your belief in accepting him. And so I was saved. Well, a lot of things had had happened even during that time and before that time. Uh, as I said before, I used to live in Dallas. I'd go back and forth to stay with my parents in Dallas, and then I'd go to school at, in Oklahoma with my and stay with my grandmother. But during this time, as far as back as I can remember, uh, there was alcohol. Alcohol was always in my in my family, and my mother was an alcoholic. She'd always drink. Sometimes she would do good and. Even served in the church for a little while. She served as a Sunday school teacher and, and she knew, she knew her scriptures and, uh, 
she was good, but then she, there would always be a time, a period in her life, or different periods where she'd fall and go back to drinking. And as a little boy, uh, I always, you know, I guess it was just I was used to it. And as a little boy, all I, I back th- during those times, all I knew was uh, was I loved my mom, loved my dad. And I just wanted our family together. Uh, I didn't understand all everything that went with drinking at the time, but just that it made my mom act a little different, and she seemed to at the time uh, enjoy herself and be more relaxed. So I didn't think, as I said, I didn't think a whole lot about it. But as time passed, uh, a lot of things happened. Uh, a lot of things that were that were bad that uh, affected my thinking, affected my my own choices. Um, I can remember as a little boy, uh, she would leave on a Friday after work. She'd get paid and she'd come home and eat and get changed and get dressed dressed up and she'd leave. And at first, the first time I can remember her doing it. I didn't know where she was going. I didn't know what she was, you know, how long she'd be gone. I just seen her walk across the front yard. And I remember all day that Saturday, I'd be looking for her. I was looking for her. I looked for her that night, Friday night, and she never showed up. I looked for her Saturday and never showed up. I didn't understand. I just, all I knew was I wanted my mom. And my dad, I'd ask him questions. Where's mama? Where's mama at? And he'd tell me, well, she's out. She'll be back. And then, following Sunday afternoon here she come walking across the yard and I just I remember going and hugging her and kissing her because I missed her I loved my mother but I remember this became routine uh, and like I said as a young boy all I, all I wanted was my mom and dad together I wanted our family together uh, I didn't care who was wrong or who was right uh, I, I could accept the drinking as long as I had my family but as I got older uh, more things begin to happen I begin to understand a little more I began to see really what was wrong and and even after I got saved, God began even at twelve, God began to speak with me and and show me things and teach me things through his teaching in Sunday school, through his teaching through the preachers and uh, different uh, Christians that were in my life, I could tell the difference. I was starting to sort things out in my mind of how things uh, ought to be according to God's way and how things are according to the way man does things. And then I started to look at my mother differently. I still loved her. I just started looking at her differently. Started looking at the alcohol differently. There was a lot of things that happened. Uh, I can remember being awakened in the middle of the night, two, three o'clock in the morning, with my uh, broken, broken glass, broken plates coming off the wall. And when you're a little boy, uh, that's scary. It's scary to be awakened like that. Uh, it it caused me uh, physical problems you know i got to where i was nervous a lot and jittery and because i did everything was unstable didn't know if one day was going to be peaceful or if it was going to be a day of of cursing and fighting and and things being broken and this began to happen quite frequently as as a young boy in my life and of course still uh, i didn't like it it frightened me but i accepted it because i just wanted my mom and dad to be together but as I said, as I got older, it kind of got to where it uh, grew old. It wore thin on me. My mother, she had a, she had a hot temper, and I found out later in my own life, uh, a hot temper, a bad temper, and alcohol they don't mix. And so that would be the hollering in, in the middle of the night, the screaming, the, the cursing, the breaking of glass, and so forth. 
I can remember one one evening. I guess I might have been ten. Uh, I was I was sitting in we were in a part we lived in a little apartment there in Dallas and I was watching television one morning and my mother had come in the night before she she was sleeping she had a hangover and was sleeping off the drunk and I remember my dad I don't know where he'd been he'd been out somewhere uh, maybe to the supermarket or somewhere but he'd come in and uh, he went into the bedroom just to check on her I can remember I hear I heard the arguing start and you know being used to it. Uh, I just blotted it out and kept watching television until uh, she directed her voice to me and she said, in you, I can remember her very clearly, she said, in you, I wished I'd have never had you. Those are painful words to hear from someone you love, especially when they come from someone who should be loving you. Have you been there? Jesus understands more than you know. The Bible tells us that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It goes on to say that he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. My friend, it wasn't just words that wounded Jesus. It was all of our sin. That's why he suffered and died on the cross and why God raised him from the dead so that the penalty for sin could be paid and we could be forgiven. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Don't reject the one who loves you so much. Would you like to know more? Write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. You can also find us online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's more to Jimmy's story, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.